Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And it is that week, the week all horror fans have been waiting for. We're discussing final script now. It's um, <laughs> uh, the, the week that we are getting, finally getting Scream 5, or as it's known, Scream. Um, Has it been pushed back? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. always scheduled... A January release is weird. Yeah, I mean, well, I say... Yeah, no, it has always been January, because I remember saying how weird it was. Yeah. Um, but no, what I mean is, I mean, waiting all the way since his Scream 4, um, and we're finally getting a fifth entry in the franchise. I know. I know. Very d- tentative about it. I think it's going to be good, because they've got all the cast back. But obviously... No Wes Craven, unfortunately. No, but we do know how good of a job Radio Silence did with Ready or Not. Yes, yeah, so. Um, But, of course, uh, we have already discussed the Scream franchise. Uh, <laughs> so, we're coming at you with a very on-brand thing of us to do. And we're discussing Scream Ripoff Final Scream, also known in America as Final Stab. Released in 2001. Which, either of those titles is a complete screen rip-off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, to call this a screen rip-off is only giving you one side of the story, because this wants to be a lot of films. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. David Dakota uh, is a director, and uh, he is definitely a horror fan. You can tell that with some little references some very specific references here and there, um, but yeah, th- this is this is a random one because it's not like it's not awful enough to be complete trash, but it's nowhere near good enough to be a good film. <laughs> no, no. There's a few so bad it's good moments in there, uh, but it, yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, starting off anyway, uh, directed by David Dakota, who. <laughs> Now, I have almost a full page here of his films, so brace yourselves. Yes. He is the director of such masterpieces as Good Men Go Bad, Flesh Tones, Making Hit Huge, Never Big Enough, Boys Just Want to Have Sex, Dream Maniac, Man Heat, Bad Boys Dormitory, Creepazoids, Sorority Babes and Slimeballerama, both of which we've seen. Uh, Lady Avenger, Murder Weapon, which you've unfortunately seen. Yeah, wasn't a fan of that. No. Um, Puppet Master 3, Curse of the Puppet Master, Retro Puppet Master, Puppet Master Axis of Evil, and Puppet Master Blitzscreen Massacre. I had no idea he had directed so many Puppet Master films. (laughs) Puppet Master? Puppet Master? Uh, Virgin Hunters, Bikini Goddesses, Leather Jacket Love Story... My, the, my, my favorite. <laughs> the Killer Eye, Bram Stoker's Legend of the Mummy 2, which I have seen and it is terrible. <laughs> I've Been Watching You, which is an I Know What You Did Last Summer ripoff. The same year, wasn't it? Yeah. As um, Final Scream. Yeah. Ring of Darkness, <laughs> Witches of the Caribbean. Okay. <laughs> the Brotherhood franchise. Um, the thirteen thirteen franchise, which includes the films Wicked Step Brother, Actor Slash Model, Boy Crazies, Giant Killer Bees, Haunted Frat, 
Bigfoot Island, Cougar Court, Bermuda Triangle, Billy the Kid, Hercules Unbound, Night of the Widow, Franken Queen, and UFO Adventure. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know what the connection is in that franchise. No. Um He's done Santa's Summer House, which you've seen. We did watch this at Christmas. It was terrible. If you want to watch a film with 20 minutes of croquet playing, yeah. bad croquet playing, and I swear some of it was the same shots repeated, <laughs> then you're in for a real treat with Santa's Summer House. Uh, Duffy the Talking Cat, A Talking Pony... My stepbrother is a vampire, and that's how they're stylized, with a question mark and an exclamation mark. Bonnie and Clyde Justified. Bonnie and Clyde Justified. <laughs> 666 Creepy Kerry, which I have seen, and it was one of the most baffling experiences of my life. The whole film is just basically men rolling around on beds in white underwear, just humping the beds. Um, I, I really don't know what the plot was. Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper. Yeah, because you watched it for the plot. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I didn't expect that. Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper. The wrong franchise. Now, wait until you hear this. Now, this is Vivica A. Fox, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so he's worked a lot with Vivica A. Fox and done a lot of Lifetime films. Yes. So yes, this yes. is, yeah. So let us know which ones. The wrong roommate. The wrong child. The wrong student. The wrong crush, the wrong cruise, the wrong teacher, the wrong stepmother, the wrong boy next door, the wrong mummy, the wrong tutor, the wrong cheerleader, the wrong house sitter, the wrong wedding planner, the wrong stepfather, the wrong cheerleader coach, the wrong real estate agent, the wrong fiance, the wrong Mr. Right. <laughs> The Wrong Prince Charming and The Wrong Valentine. And coming soon, The Wrong Blind Date and The Wrong High School Sweetheart. Oh. It's, the franchise is still ongoing. Wow. I wonder... What is that about? That's... I have no idea. I really hope it's just someone mistaking people for who they think. Like, oh, I thought you were my roommate. Sorry. <laughs> but Vivica A. Fox is in all of these. Yeah. So does she go around, is she like a self-help guru and says... No, that's not your stepfather. <laughs> this is your stepfather. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't even begin to... I mean, the wrong child? What, did they pick up the wrong child one day at wrong school? Child. Like, what the fuck's going on? The wrong cruise? Starring Jay McDonald. Starring Jay McDonald. Well, I know a few things about the wrong cruise. But we won't get into that. Um, thanks. <laughs> the wrong Mr. Right. I mean, if he's Mr. Right, how can he be wrong? Well, there we go. There's a paradox for you. Asian ghost story. A husband for Christmas. We had to turn it off. This, so isn't, the, this isn't the wrong, by the way. It's no. not the wrong Asian ghost story. It's just the Asian ghost story. <laughs> Runaway Christmas Bride, which was great. Oh, A Husband for Christmas was awful. I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. Yeah, Runaway Christmas Bride was better. A Royal Christmas Ball. A Christmas Cruise. There we go. My Christmas Grandpa. No. Femalian, Seduction of the Species. Carol's Christmas, a Christmas for for Maytree, Martin? Mary. Ma oh, Mary, I'm this about that. Deceived by my mother-in-law, Mummy's Deadly Con Artist, and the upcoming Honeymoon in Paradise. And many, 
many, many, many more. more. I haven't even touched the surface there. Like, did he do Nightmare Sisters? We watched. Yes, he did. Sisters. You watched it. I fell asleep. You did. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a weird one. Um, but yeah, very prolific. Very much uh, cheap and fast filmography yeah. there. Um, get them out as quickly as possible and hope they make money. Seemingly, he's still employed. They do well. Also, a gay icon. If the film titles didn't give it away, he's a gay icon. I mean... Yeah, yeah, he's on our team. He is, he is. So, always... I mean, he makes... I mean, what we've seen of his, it's not great, is it, girls? No. But it's fun, like, kind of... This is probably... I'm just thinking Nightmare (laughs) Sisters was fun, and you fell asleep during that one. But Murder Weapon was painful. This is probably his best film. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's saying something. I mean, Runaway Christmas Bride was close, um, but not quite on this level. Um, They're in a quiet taste, I think. <laughs> budget and worldwide gross can't give you because it's straight to uh, video. Trivia. Originally titled Final Scream in hopes that audiences would confuse it for Scream 4. Before Dimension Films threatened legal action, which forced the filmmakers to change the title to Final Stab. Which is the uh, movie... Within a movie. Within a movie Scream. from Scream. Um, so I'm surprised they didn't, like, have an issue with that, but I suppose... Yeah. I suppose they couldn't really, because Stab wasn't a real film. Yeah, I mean, this is still being sold as Final Scream now. Um, well, I mean, I believe so. Either that or I've got a really rare DVD copy. Oh my god, um, that'd be worth loads. <laughs> Yeah, shot in four days. Yes. To absolutely no one's surprise. Exactly. So do you have a history with this film? No. I do. I do. Oh. So I remember seeing this in Blockbuster when I was younger and actually thinking it was a Scream sequel. Oh no. <laughs> I was always really confused. I was like, why, why is no one talking about this one? Why is no one making a big deal out of this one? Now I know why. Even with that cheapo cover. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on, it was the early 2000s. Oh, dear. And this was one of those DVDs released when DVD players were first a thing, and you'd you'd get it free with every DVD player. I think I always got it confused with that Ben Affleck film. (laughs) Is it Soul Survivors? I feel like the posters are very similar. Not sure what you're on about, but... Do you not remember that Ben Affleck film, Soul... No. Soul, Soul Survivors? That was, um, yeah, um, yeah, from 2001, Soul Survivors. So it had uh, Wes Bentley in it, Casey Affleck, excuse me, not oh, Ben Affleck. Okay. Luke Wilson was in it, uh, Eliza Dushku. Um, a college student is caught between the world of the living and the dead. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> good old 3.9, so you, we might have to talk about it on here. Uh, yeah, but I always got it mixed up with that because they are very similar. Um, I'm just. Oh yeah, they, they are very yeah, similar. Very similar yeah. posters. Uh, but this is this is trying to go for all of those early two thousands, late nineties teen films. Um, oh yeah, essentially, if you're a teen film that made money in the late nineties, this is ripping you off. Yeah. Um, I think even well, maybe not bring it on, but. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I mean <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> There's probably a phrase they stole from it. Or... Uh, yeah, but I mean, but also April Fool's Day, um, and mm. 
I mean, calling the the lead girl Angela and giving her a party feels a little uh, uh, Night of the Demons. I believe that was the lead character in that film's name as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. 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 Um, it does what Scream does, just doesn't do it very well. No. It, all the references are there. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So Angela's sister wants to get revenge on her. Inviting her to a mystery farm along with her old friends to participate in a game with fake blood and knives. But Angela and her disturbed boyfriend Charlie were not supposed to know about the fake part. But what starts as a little friendly game gets dark and bloody with real deaths. And sure, real blood and knives. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I thought it was a mansion. I didn't know it was a farm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a farm. It's, they've got a barn, haven't they, as well? Yeah, mansions got barns, can't they? I don't know. I suppose. Um, I thought it was posher than that, but okay. <laughs> so the opening credits start, and it is absolutely trying to be the Scream Free trailer. Do you do you know what I mean? How is you know the Scream Free trailer's got ghost faces, mask, uh, like floating around and warped and warped. Yeah. yeah, and the font is the same, and it's like it is the first thing you get from it. You can tell. You could tell Scream 3 was the latest one to be made before this. But what was with the crazy font in the background? Like, when they, like, zoomed in on on the, the words. Probably the bad editing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was a stylized thing. Yeah. They were going for something, but that it was just made also, it hard to read. That was also Scream 3. Like, they used, it had, like, that weird text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And do you know what? The whole camp energy of this film is given screen free. It really is. If it's if it's close to any screen film, that is the one. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um <laughs> But we don't hate screen free here. I mean no. we don't we don't love it, but we don't hate it. Um so that's that's a compliment of sorts. Yeah, it it's the worst of some great films. Yeah, it's, you know? it's Consistent franchise, very consistent. Um, the score for this film is ridiculous. I admire how ambitious it is, but it genuinely sounds like it belongs in a fucking action blockbuster. And fun fact, IMDb has this listed as an action adventure film. Oh, action adventure horror thriller. Action the, adventure. If you close your eyes and just listen to the score, then I can understand why. Um, <laughs> It is just like, as soon as it starts, like, no, 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 it's right in your face. It, it is a little off. It is off. Also, the DVD has some special features. <laughs> Barely. We get a trailer um, where you probably have to watch it with binoculars, even if you're watching your TV. Um, because of how small the aspect ratio is. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and the image gallery, uh, which is basically... All six images from the menu zoomed in. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, and the pictures are like real spoilers as well. Yeah. Like, at least two people have shown to die <laughs> in those. Um, yeah, and also, someone who is part of the killings is shown with a knife. Yeah, yeah. And then the trailer gives away even more. <laughs> um, Charlie... We're introduced to Charlie. He gets a call from Angela whilst he's watching Green Zombie. Yes. So in the Grand Scream tradition, we start with a phone call. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, he Charlie, good old Charlie, not not a, uh, it's not Nev Campbell, unfortunately. It's no, this Charlie bloke. He gets a call from Angela, his girlfriend, and uh, what's he watching? Some Green Zombie. Green a Zombie. True classic. A true classic. Green Zombie. Seriously, you've mentioned so many of the horror films in this film. You might as well have just said an actual horror film. Yeah, it's yeah, but the horror films see. The horror films that they reference are Halloween and Friday mm-hmm. the Thirteenth. Yeah. So it's two films that share a name with something else, uh, like unspecific yeah. films. But they do say Friday the Thirteenth Part Three at one point. Do they? Yeah, they reference the axe to the crotch. But they don't say Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Yeah, they do. do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, so maybe they spent all the budget on just saying Friday the 13th Part 3. Well, um, do you have to pay people money to I don't say think so. the name of a film? I don't think so, which makes this even more baffling. Is Green Zombie a real film? Is it... I mean, I've never heard of it. No, I don't think Green Zombie's a real film. He invites Angela over to watch some Green Zombie. Uh, she says if she comes over and all they do is watch a movie, she'll be disappointed. And then she asks him if he's ever had a tongue bath. What is a tongue bath when it's at home? I'm assuming a tongue bath is what cats give each other. <laughs> um, Charlie's excited at the prospect of a tongue bath. He's, this is a new side of you, Angela. And she says, is it, she don't, you don't know what I'm capable of with the right motivation. You'd be surprised what I would do with uh, a bit of motivation, <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> Never has it been more obvious that a gay man has made this film. Like, like seriously, all the straight people interactions is just laughable. So Charlie quickly forgets about Green Zombie. Yeah. And uh, he goes to get in the shower to await Angela's arrival. Hey, let's let's pay a bit more respect than that. This is David Dakota tearing apart horror tropes. So normally you'd see a, a lady strip off and get into the shower. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see a man. Years years before Slumber Party Massacre remake did it. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is pretty queer, isn't it, actually? It is so gay. It is it is. You do you don't see any sort of nudity from the ladies. It is the men. <laughs> it is underwear. Um but you know. Very on brand for David Dakota. I mean thirteen year old me would have appreciated it. But yeah, uh tearing apart those horror tropes. Um uh, someone dressed in black with a knife walks in and cuts the power. Yeah, someone with very familiar sleeves and gloves. <laughs> um, the outfit, the mask isn't, but the no. rest of the outfit is absolutely going for ghost face. Yeah, even the knife looks the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlie thinks it's Angela. He briefly goes outside to check with a torch, but can't find anyone, so he goes back inside and asks himself, what's going on? What is going on here on this day? Um, just to mention, and I'm going to mention it throughout the podcast, uh, there is thunder and lightning <laughs> continuous through this scene. And it's like, he better be fucking scared. So you know when they say when lightning strikes, yeah. however long it takes the thunder <laughs> to sound is how far away it is. Uh-huh. Well, it's lightning, thunder, lightning, thunder, yeah. lightning. It, bitch, it must be going on next door to him. <laughs> They're so close together. And it lights up the whole of the room. Um, no one's ever heard of a main light. No one puts the proper lights on no. in this film. 
Um, so this lightning lights up the whole room. There's no rain, which I googled. <laughs> it can happen. It's called a dry thunderstorm. It can happen. But there's no rain or anything like that. Just continuously. And it's throughout the whole film, any scene at night, and half the fucking film's at night, <laughs> any scene at night, thunder and lightning is continuous. Continuous. It's fucking annoying. I mean, first of all, I really appreciate your weather research. I'm sure our listeners will as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, even the trailer, like, between every scene in the trailer, there's a shot of this fucking thunderstorm. Oh, my God. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but it's continu- just in the background. <sighs> it's like, yeah, we know, we know you're a horror film. That's why people have brought this and watching it. You know, we don't need reminding by uh, dark, moody weather. Well, that's the fucking hell. Dude, James Wales... Frankenstein had less fucking thunder and lightning. Like, what are they going for? You ain't giving gothic, you're giving fucking annoying. Well, Charlie thinks, uh, oh yeah, we know he thinks it's Angela, and we get a fake jump scare from Angela. She's brought the beers and suggests that they do everything by candlelight. Yes. Charlie hadn't finished his shower. No. Which I'm glad, because, you know, he didn't even... Touch his hair. He didn't, no. Didn't wash it or any. He didn't use any soap or anything like that. So I'm pleased to know they hadn't finished. Um, and she suggests going in and uh, joining him. Yeah. After she puts the beers away. He is joined in the shower. Yeah. But not by Angela. No, it's himself. It's himself. <laughs> it... Clone clone Charlie opens the shower and moves towards him with a knife, but he wakes up and it was all a dream. Wakey, wakey. It was a nightmare. And of course, it's an early 2000s horror film. Of course, it's a dream sequence. It has to has to be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We all have a fake dream sequence in a horror film. Um, it's just a shame that this one was really fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, just... I don't even feel like it's cliche. It's just really fucking dumb. It it really is. Like, oh, I've seen myself. Um, but yeah, spoiler alert, I'm going to end up being one of the killers. Well, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose it's a bit of um, preempting what happened. The funny thing is, he's a red herring, and he's always a red herring, but some of the time, you have to question whether that's intentional or not because of his performance, because all of the acting in this film <laughs> is dire. Very wooden. Is very, very wood. And it's one of the things that lets this down is is the acting and the line delivery because genuinely, and I'm not just saying this because David Dakota's uh, gay, I, I treat all trash film directors the same. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not biased at all. But genuinely, if this film had better actors in it, this could have been really fucking good. And better filmmaking. And a better plot. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. But do you want, from a film around this time, do you want a film for a better plot than this? It is so just fun and camp. Um, And of course, it has been done with a better class and better filmmaking before. It's called Scream. But, I mean, as a throwaway film, it just could have been one of the standouts. Especially with a little gay subplot coming up. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a nice change. Does, yeah, that is a nice little change. And then, you know, I mean, again, I, I gave this a free on IMDb. I'm not giving this too much credit. Um, it's just genuinely an in, in, <laughs> oddly intriguing film. 
It's, it's so trashy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it has... I don't think it pretends to not be a rip-off of Scream. So you've got to give it credit for that. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you it, it fully admits it. it in one scene in particular. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's got a tongue-in-cheek nature yeah. to it. So Angela's in bed with him and asks if it was never a nightmare and suggests that he talks to a psychologist, to which he says, I'm not rich like you. I don't have money to keep running to a shrink every time something goes wrong. Angela suggests it could be the half a slice of pizza that he scoffed down before bed. He suggests <laughs> it could be because of his favourite girlfriend. And Angela suggests that if he wakes up screaming again, she'll smother him with a pillow. <laughs> Their relationship isn't believable at all. And going back about five, <coughs> ten minutes is what I said before. Uh, every heterosexual relationship in this film is fucking terrible. It is, yeah. <laughs> But these yeah, are clearly it's... gay people. It's clearly made by a gay man. <laughs> There's um, no chemistry between anyone at all. No. <laughs> Not even the friends. Like, no. It's, no one knows how to interact with each other. Well, I suppose that's what you get from four days. Like, yeah. We've got a bunch of people together. We need them to act. You know, they're not exactly, you know... Massively trained actors. They're no. new, new kids on the block. Um, <laughs> they're not the band, um, but you know that we're not talking Meryl Streep. Yeah. Or you know Viola Davis, straight out of you know a prestigious acting school that I cannot remember the name of, so it's ruined the point. Um, but <laughs> but you know it's these are kids that are just trying to find work. Yeah. Um, and desperately trying not to do porn, so <laughs> <laughs> they take these roles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if they met David Carter like, 20 years earlier, they, they could have been working and in porn, so... He never did porn, did he? Okay, can I just go back to yeah, some of these... Not, uh, but that's not porn porn, Chris, is it? It's softcore. Making it huge. Boys just want to have sex. Never big enough. Flesh tones. Good men go bad. That's not a Rihanna parody. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's a porno. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're introduced to the best character of the film. Um, Kristen, who is this film's budget Gail Weathers. Now, she's not a journalist, she's not a reporter. Um, she's not a journalist, ladies and gentlemen. She is just a character. Um, the, the lead girl's sister. Uh, but she is dressed in something that Courtney Cox would never wear, but something she'd think Courtney Cox would wear. And she talk, She tries her best to talk like her, doesn't she? The hair is bordering on it. She's giving pure 2001. Yeah. So, and, and I don't mean Not a space, a space Odyssey. Um, she's got this shirt that's only done up, like, the two buttons. <laughs> so, of course, her midriff is on show. Because it's 2001, so it has to be. She's got these sunglasses on. Uh, these big yeah. sunglasses which I swear you could see some of the crew in the reflection of. <laughs> you probably could. Don't quote me on it. I was trying to look, but the quality <laughs> wasn't the best. Um, she's got a, a lovely little short 
spikyish haircut. Yeah. That was all the rage back then. Um, she she literally she looks like she could have been in one of those sort of girl bands at the time, yeah. like um, Dream, 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 <laughs> or um, No Angels, and yeah, one of those. Uh, but yeah, she's she's given a look, yeah, rather than serving a look. Yeah, she's, <laughs> do you agree? She is absolutely trying to go for Gail Webber. This is meant to be the Gail Webber. Yeah. So this is this is the bitch of the season she makes a grand entrance uh, and tells her friend and it is her friend Doug uh, she tells him off for being impatient they arrive at the uh, Palomo estate back in 95 a bunch of people were murdered there and the locals have tried to burn it down because they think it's cursed yeah. Doug, Doug is like why are we here and I've just written down this is not what she says but it's that new business venture I was telling you about <laughs> that you've conveniently forgotten so I can go on to explain the business venture to you and in turn the audience. Yeah. Um, so the business venture is part of a... is a party business at this murder farm. Yeah. Um, and it's a party for her sister Angela. Um, Doug is Angela's best friend. We've, we have that established. And he initially refuses to get Angela involved uh, as her and Kristen aren't on the best of terms. No. Um, she then threatens to reveal a secret to friends and family yeah. if he doesn't cooperate. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, Doug thinks it'll be the Ivy League losers party um, and suggests that Kristen talks to all the boys, <laughs> including Brett. When Kristen says, Brett is a convenient marriage. We conveniently fuck, we conv- he conveniently leaves, and I conveniently fuck someone else. And there is no energy in that line delivery. She is, and I believe you said this earlier, she's absolutely serving Lisa Barlow. She's absolutely serving Lisa <laughs> Barlow. So, I don't know. This is niche reference. <laughs> niche. But if anyone saw at Christmas time the housewives of the North Pole, Lisa Barlow from the real, the actual real housewives of Salt Lake City has a little cameo and she says, (laughs) just the phrase, you don't need the context for it, it's fine, but I hope it's Trish, more commish. (laughs) Bigger commish. Bigger commish. Um, Also in her intro, when she's like... (laughs) I don't need you to like me. I love myself enough for the two of us. <laughs> what? And I love her. I love a bit of Lisa Barlow. Um, but she talks very strange. And she does. Kristen is uh, very much giving a Lisa Barlow yeah. impression. <laughs> Do you know who else she's meant to be? I know you mentioned Gail, uh, Gail, Gail Weathers. I was going to say Gail, Gail Kim. Platt. Oh. No, I was going to say Gail Kim, the um, wrestler. Um... <laughs> Um, she's absolutely trying to give Catherine from Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller. Um and it's not working, hun. No. You ain't I'm sorry. It's not working. Well we have another Sarah Michelle Geller showing up soon. Um But uh yeah, as as Chris said, she uh she mentions uh that she's got a big secret about Doug that she'll be telling everyone if he doesn't help her. And I immediately thought, oh, he's gay. Um, but I didn't actually think it would happen. But, you know, first thing comes to mind. Um, well, what you initially said was that the secret is he's blind. Uh, I mean, <laughs> gay. 
Talk about niche reference. <laughs> That's a niche reference. Bud, Cosmo and Earl show up. I shit you not, that is their names. Um, they have a flyer looking for actors that was dropped by one of the rich kids. And Bud only picked it up because that bitch Kristen Mitchell's name is on it. And uh, Earl says, that's the tease that got you all worked up at the Domatala Mega Tower and ditched you for someone else, right? Now, I forgot, I put a question mark there because I wrote it down as I heard it. We had no subtitles, so I wrote it down as Domatella Mega Tower. That's exactly what it sounded like. I'm assuming it's like, that's not what he said. <laughs> and it's like Greek letters for a fraternity. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, every, all these people are obsessed with college, <laughs> but they all seem like they're a few years out of college. Of course they are. But they never really got over it. Um, <laughs> so there's also, um, he also refers to his father working for Kristen's parents yes. and being fired. So that's also part of his, you know, revenge plot. Yeah. So he's planning on pranking the slut and the snobs. Um, he friends to crack... He threatens to crack Earl's skull uh, if he fails to help him. I love it. It's so hilarious. Like, the, even though he's bitter that she led him on and turned him down mm-hmm. and didn't sleep with him, she's still a slut. Yeah. Like, which one is it, mate? <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, so, um, again, this guy who acts very gay is like, oh, crack your skull if you don't help me. And, uh, and then they all go to different spots to watch out for people. A clearly gay guy, Patrick, uh, and Sarah Michelle Geller wannabe Can Julie. Stop assuming people's sexuality. Oh my god, he is wearing a leather vest, leather trousers. I'm sorry, it, it's 2001. Even the straight men were wearing leather vests, leather trousers, and had that David Beckham frosty <laughs> centre parted hair. You're not wrong, um, but Patrick also gets one of the gayest scenes of the film. Does, I don't think yeah. a straight actor would agree <laughs> no. to do that. Um, yeah, so Patrick is with his Sarah Michelle Gellar wannabe uh, girlfriend, Julie. She's got the uh, blonde frost as yeah. well, hasn't she? They show up to the house and Budget Buffy tells Patrick uh, all about Charlie's story. About how an escaped patient from a mental asylum killed his family whilst he watched. And uh, how did she find this information? She was shagging her mother's psychoanalyst. Yes. Her, and he told her all, all of it. Yeah. Her gay BFF is gagged by this information. Not the whole murder on the farm bit. Um, he's, he's gagged by the fact that she slept with her mum's psychoanalyst. Yeah, that is the uh, most shocking point for him. Yeah. But but still, considering he's meant to be her boyfriend, he's still not bothered enough. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's true. Well, it depends when it happened. Earl hears some noises in the woods, um, and he is soon does killed. Does he investigate a strange noise? Of course he does, and he's soon killed by a guy who looks like he's wearing the haunted mask from Goosebumps. Yes. That's exactly the what it looks like. The mask in this one is very strange. Yeah. Um... What we didn't mention was that the, the blonde couple, I didn't get, I did not get their names, didn't, I don't know, Patrick, Patrick and Julie, whatever. Um, they had a box of costumes or party favours, yeah. and in that was this mask, and this mask was grabbed. Yeah, conveniently, the exact same mask that the killer is wearing. Oh, but then I suppose if it is, it does make sense. Yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. killer... 
I mean, no one's been killed yet. No, it's true. That's true. Earl is your first murder victim. Um, but no, but you know when they have the other killer later on, he's killed by someone with that mask. So there's two masks. Oh, of course. Well. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, so Bud and Cosmo, again, that is their names. I'm not just referencing that chain of restaurants in the UK um, that got shut down in Coventry because of low food hygiene. Uh, you're talking about niche references. <laughs> Hey, there's a Cosmo in Manchester, so maybe it's, it is a chain across the country. You know? Could be. Hopefully they've got better food hygiene than Coventry. Um, they have a short conversation on their huge 2001 mobile phones. Could uh, David's coat must have been fucking loaded. Could you afford a mobile phone back then? <laughs> 2001? I don't think that's far off from me getting my first phone. Mine was a Nokia in 2003. Mine was a Sony Ericsson, and I was still in school. I was the first one to get one, <laughs> you know. Um, it was a Coca-Cola one, and you had to save up the tokens. <laughs> you saved up the Coca-Cola tokens, and you sent off your money through the post. Oh, shut the fuck Something up. Something you would never do Was this the 1950s? What the fuck is this? And uh, you got a phone. It was Sony Ericsson. What? Yeah. Yeah, and you could take the little antenna off and everything. Okay, just to confirm to everyone, Chris is only four years older than me. I, I've never heard of this. This is bizarre. Yeah. Do you, I remember having to text in numbers in, in magazines to get ringtones. Okay. Do you remember that? Mm, yeah. They'd have a list of songs and theme songs uh, that you could have as your shitty sounding ringtone. It, it sounded terrible. Was it Backstreet's Back? And no, it was a Terminator theme song. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I, no, I was literally the first person to have a mobile phone, so I had no one to, like, text or anything. <laughs> I just wanted it. Just existed and just played games on it. Yeah, cool in a weird way. Uh, the whole send it off for it thing. I, uh, that is, yeah. What's what you would do? I mean, Nokia, I mean, my parents got me from a shop. <laughs> well, yeah, my subsequent <laughs> ones came from shops. It's just this, I wanted this one. Okay, I mean, usually we'd ask you to write in about films, but if anyone else got a, uh, <laughs> a token mobile phone we had to send off for it, please let us know on social media. You collected the tokens, and then you got it at a discounted price. Wow. Oh, I thought you meant you had to buy, you had to get the tokens to get the phone. Like, you literally just bought a few packs of cereal... And then sent off oh, a few no, cans of coke. Weirdo. And then you got a free mobile no, phone. No, not free. <laughs> it was like a fucking Alton Towers two for one voucher. Excuse me. <laughs> I collected my rations. <laughs> I came from a nice area, thank you. You did? That's what, why did you go know surprised? So how much discount did you get? I don't fucking know. It was 2001, okay? I don't fucking know. It was 20 fucking years ago. <laughs> Probably less than that, to be fair. Yeah, happy 20th, uh, 21st anniversary to Final Scream. Um, anyway, we were talking about Final Scream after, uh, before one of our strangers' tangents. Uh, <laughs> if you're still listening, thank you. Just chatting shit. You're the one who brought the ration phone. Why what did I? Oh, because they had big mobile oh, phones, they could have figured out. Phones. Do you, you think you they collected the name question about mobile phones? <laughs> Do you think they collected Coca Cola tokens to get a discount? Oh, I think you might have to find <laughs> a new place to live if you don't shut up. 
Anyway, so they have the, the conversation on their huge mobile phones, um, which just results in Bud asking Cosmo to let him know when that bitch arrives. And again, every time he says bitch, it is, in, it is absolutely in a gay way. It is not like, oh, that bitch. Like, oh, I'm being misogynistic. It is actually like, oh, that bitch. It's that little twang to their voices, you know? What, you mean that? Yeah, I understand what you mean. I'm not sure if you're allowed to say it, but... What? Is it politically correct? Yes, it is. Gay I've got it. Got gay twang. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's put it in in grinder terms. They're not straight acting. It's not mask for mask. It it is that it borders. It's bordering on mask for mask. Oh god! But you still there's still you. <laughs> my gaydar was going off. Fucking okay. hell! To sum it up, my gaydar was going off the entire and you're time. Not it was going crazy. And you're not projecting, are you? Um. Anyway, <laughs> Steve and his boyfriend Brett show. <laughs> That's my actual notes. That is my actual notes. Oh God, <laughs> you're obsessed. Come on, you know what I'm on I about. I know we all look for representation okay. wherever we can find it, but stop stretching it. The last slasher film I watched by David Dakota had. Men rolling around in their underwear for the whole film with, if I recall, no killings whatsoever. Do you blame me for immediately finding the gay in everything in this film? No, I don't blame you for it. <laughs> Was your gay dad not going crazy? Well, I don't know. I don't... Well... And turns out, anyway, turns out, two of them, I'm right. Yeah. But uh, not Stephen, his boyfriend, Brett. Uh, but they show up and start throwing their football around to prove they're straight. <laughs> It's like Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero, but it was less, less cause. Cool. It was getting the room. <laughs> um, Cosmo watches from a distance and says, great, they're playing football. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was still on the phone when he said that, but he wasn't. He wasn't. So, so many people talk to themselves. And so I'm surprised you weren't triggered by that. That is absolutely something you hate. There's people talking to themselves. And people films. talking to themselves, yeah. Steve starts to explain... Uh, how the house is the perfect setup for a horror film with a sweet little innocent virgin and her boyfriend. Don't think Angela's the virgin. They're in the same bed together. They've clearly been together for a while. That's very true. Um, and then he starts talking about Halloween and Friday the 13th Part 3. Specifically, he thinks Brett is doomed and he thinks he reminds him of the guy who does handstands and gets an axe to the crotch. Okay. Brett is nothing like that guy. No. <laughs> He's nothing of the sort. But I appreciate that reference. Yeah. It is one of the best scenes in that film. So, go on, David Dakota. Um, Steve reveals he'd rather take an axe to the crotch instead of dating Kristen. Ugh. Oh, no. <laughs> the killer stalks Cosmo. Uh, he starts shouting and thinking it's Earl, but um, somehow Steve and Brett don't hear this. Like, he's not that far away from them. No, I suppose not. Like, no. He's got his binoculars out, but he is literally, like, at least a two-minute walk away. And he's yelling and bellowing. Yeah. They don't react. Um, the killer slits Cosmo's throat, resulting in one of the worst special effects I've <laughs> ever <laughs> seen. It is absolutely Poundland Halloween time. It really is. Couldn't be bothered to, like, put any more makeup on it so no. the skin tone doesn't match. 
Um, yeah, it's not great. Because all the fucking <clears throat> budget went on this score that sounds like it's composed by John fucking Williams. Like, it, <laughs> it's still like, throughout all this, you're still hearing this action movie score, like, the whole time. <laughs> no, what, all the money went on the fucking lighting, for the, uh, <laughs> the flashing, constant flashing. More ways than one. Oh. Uh, Angela and Charlie show up. She tells him he looks like shit. Uh, he calls her Sweet Pea, and she's fuming. I hope. I really, really hope in my gay slasher movie loving heart that that was a reference to Sleepaway Camp 3. And it could well be. That's quite the reference, though, isn't it? For a film that came out, like, what, two years before? Oh, what Five years fuck? before, sorry. <laughs> David Cota, if you're before. listening, please let us know. Is it a reference to Sleepaway Camp 3? I hope so. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's night time now. Uh, well, before that... Um... No, no, it's night time. It is night time. No, no, there's one little scene before that. No, it's night time. Oh, it is at night time they arrive. Yeah. Um, she tells them that they can leave if they want, and uh, says, referring to her sister, bitch or not, she would understand. Yeah. But Charlie's still her sister. Which is kind of weird, because... She probably wouldn't understand. No, she like, definitely wouldn't Because understand. as far as Angela knows, Kristen doesn't know his backstory. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. So she would just be like, no, what's this flaky bastard doing? Like, if she turned up at a door and was like, um, yeah, sorry, Kristen, we're going home, she probably would have just stabbed him there and then. <laughs> She'd have been fucking fuming. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, Doug greets them at the door and tells them it's one of Kristen's more lethal soirees. Um, so he'll make sure they don't get the worst end of it. I mean... Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, just FYI, it's night time, so the dry thunderstorm is happening it's again. A, it's just starting. It's, it's just starting, that dry thunderstorm. Um, a bit like your vagina. Kristen... <laughs> what? Do you not get that reference? <laughs> uh, the guy strange. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I immediately went to Housewives. I didn't think Dragons. Yeah, I suppose that is, yeah. Um, Kristen makes her big entrance. Again, the second big entrance of the film. Like, Surprise! Welcome back to my life, sis. And the thing is, she's a rich bitch, but she's wearing the same outfit <laughs> she, she wore is. during the day. <laughs> I was quite surprised at that. I really want to stand it, because I can see the efforts that I can see she wants to be a slay queen. It's there. The intention's there. But the execution's just not cutting out. You didn't make the cut, sis. No. No, sorry, hun. The party uh, is just to have a reunion between Kristen, Angela, and her friends. Or so they think. Yeah, not including Charlie, who's having a little bit of a moment at yeah. the window. Why the fuck did he walk over to the window and start doing Blair Witch for? Like, what? <laughs> why was he just staring at the window? Well, clearly it wasn't in the budget to get rain. <laughs> But really, in a film, it would be a rainy window, yeah. and he would be having his moment. Warwick Cavanaugh by Duffy would be playing. His, yeah, his <laughs> rainy window moment. But all he does is have flashbacks to being a kid. So he's having flashbacks to being a kid, and looking from outside inwards at a window, seemingly at his parents being murdered. Yeah? Looking from out in, that's deep. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so this is these are the flashbacks that we're led to believe he's ha- he's having. Yeah. Yeah. 
which annoys me because at the end of the film, it there it's left for the viewer to decide if he killed his parents or not. Yeah. It's insinuated that... Entirely down to his performance, though, that, that final No, line. I don't think so. I think that was by design. Mm. Yeah. That's true. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, Brett gives Charlie a beer, which he opens with a knife to make him look like even more of a red heron. <laughs> <laughs> the killer appears and stabs Steve, and everyone is shocked in slow motion. Uh, one of my favourite scenes of the film Kristen uh, everyone loses their shit Kristen uh, reveals none of them apart from Angela and Charlie can go and get help because they all arrived in a fucking limo yeah (laughs) that's not fucking believable I know she's rich but come on oh I'm going to limo to drop me off at a fucking farm but so the vehicles were moved though weren't they yeah yeah so we all arrived right in a fucking limo. It's not a fucking 12-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> it does feel like the writer is trying to write themselves out of a plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just, like, yeah, we all arrived in a limo. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I laugh and we and we mock it and all, but I this is probably what it would look like if I wrote a film, to be honest. <laughs> and then they all arrived in a limo. Well, you would like, yeah, you'd, you'd write a first draft and you'd read through it and like, oh my god, there's a massive plot hole. Oh, like, I... <laughs> why did they not just go to all their cars when they turned up it? Oh, uh, well, we'll just mention Lynn. I, I would, I mean, I, I'd try and play it off as weird in a David Lynch way, but it would probably look something like this. Um, but yeah. That's a, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it would be, actually. Um, Which renders this podcast pointless. <laughs> We can't do any better ourselves. Why are we sat in ridiculing? Yeah, don't films? don't watch most short films in college. Uh, because I learned how to write about films. Okay, so that's that's fine. That's my qualification. You're just very smart, and there we go. Um, you're you're the pretty one. You're you're the face. You're like Lee from Steps. Okay, now I'm the face. That's true. Uh, okay. Do not tell us who to train in the podcast. Is we don't want to know. Um, Angela and Charlie go next door for help. She gives Doug her car keys to go get help. Um, assuming Doug's going to help her. But it turns out it was all one big prank to bring out Charlie's evil side or the past. At this point, I wasn't too sure. Yeah. But, hey, don't worry, because we have this plot explained to us about six fucking times for the entire film. Um... My favourite line of dialogue, and it's what we're going on our social media. Kristen says, did you see his face? It's working. I am the queen bitch of deception. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like half clicking, like half hearted clicking because, I mean, come on. What a line. What a line. What delivery. What the fuck was the delivery? It is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's giving Lisa Barlow, sorry. Yeah, that was absolutely Lisa Barlow. Really Lisa Barlow. <laughs> um, well, the fella suggested that they just beat up Charlie. <laughs> yes! How would that solve the situation? And she and Kristen was like, well, no, you'd get into trouble with the police. <laughs> and also we're trying to send him to, the, you know, a mental asylum. <laughs> How would that send him to the mental asylum? <laughs> fucking nothing. <clears throat> um, so, Kristen then explains her plans for our benefit. 
And I mean, <laughs> to the finest detail, she explains oh, she her does. plan. Yeah. She goes through it all. Doug chooses to question part of it. I can't remember what. Which is incredible because surely they've put this plan together before they got there. Literally, as soon as they got there, her and Doug were discussing this whole thing. Exactly. They've had all day. Out of everyone, Doug should know the best. But whilst... So, Angela and... Obviously, Angela and Charlie have gone, but they could come back at any second. And this is when she decides to tell everyone exactly what they're doing. Yeah, got to hide their cell phones. um, Because the phone lines are down, just in case us as as the audience didn't know why they didn't hide them. Um, Again, more amazing... Dialogue from Kristen, um, the Queen Bitch of Deception. Um, Doug starts talking shit about something. He starts questioning it. She's like, Doug, darling, you're being an asshole. You can go look for a phone, a nearby farmhouse, or a fucking tampon for all I care. Just find a reason to split it up into smaller groups. Yeah. We had to watch this scene like five times to understand what the fuck she was saying as well. Because she gets so angry when she says tampon. And it just sounds like so many different words at once. She says, this murder mystery weekend is my best idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, number one, is it really a weekend? Like, is, it, is it not all going to be resolved by the end of the night? Look, well, Steve's going to be on the floor the whole weekend. Number two, is it a murder mystery? Is it like... I mean, murder mystery is one person killed and everyone's a suspect. Yeah. Whereas her murder mystery is everyone's killed. Yeah. Her murder mystery is role-playing... Friday the 13th, as she calls it. Yeah. It's role-playing slasher tropes. That's what she's doing. She's not... This isn't a murder mystery. She clearly didn't look up the definition of murder mystery. Because, I mean, the original Friday the 13th, okay, was a murder mystery to a certain degree. But the rest of the films, we all knew it was Jason. Well, yeah. It was like... He, went, he wasn't... Like, or who's under that mask. Hiding the fact. Wow, I mean, part five... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, that was never a mystery, because we all just assumed it was Jason anyway. But you know what is a murder mystery? Scream. Yeah. Every yeah. Scream film. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, the Queen Bitch of Deception explains again that she has planned a murder mystery weekend where all of them are killed, apart from herself, Angela and Charlie. She explains that three times within that one scene. We know. We know her. It's yeah. all right, move on. Uh, Charlie can't handle this and has a low energy argument with Angela outside um, which results in him storming off into the storm into that dry thunderstorm <laughs> um, and then we cut back in a bizarre series this, this absolutely deserves a bizarre series of events we cut back to Kristen and the other ones after they just finished that conversation where they've gone over the plot three times and it's honestly minutes, minutes, yeah. if, if not seconds after. It's a very short argument. And <laughs> Patrick goes, is the game over or are we going to run around playing Scream all night? <laughs> is the game over? You've just been told the game has just started three fucking times, Patrick. Listen. <laughs> he put that down as well. She's literally just <laughs> went through a very elaborate... <laughs> Plan. Angela has not walked back in. Charlie no. has not walked back in. Steve is still playing dead. No one what do you mean is it over? 
You're still here. You're still alive. You're still alive. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't even gone anywhere near the plan that's just been explained to you very thoroughly. Oh well, I'm. Um, first of all, I mean, I appreciate the running around playing Scream all night, because that's where it's admitting that we're ripping off Scream. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice little touch. But fucking hell, Patrick is that guy at work on a Zoom meeting that always... You know when you're about to finish a team meeting, and it's always, you know, any other issues, anything like that, and one person's always got to fucking say something and drag it on for another hour, Patrick is that guy. Because what happens after he says that? What? Kristen starts going on. Again, about the fucking plan. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so I've hired professional actor Wallace Simon, who is playing the killer. Oh my god, we don't care. Get on with it. Well, then we're introduced to Wallace. <laughs> we're introduced to Wallace Simon. Um, and she gives him a real knife because if they're, pl- in her words, if they're playing live action Friday the 13th, he can't go running around with a fake looking knife. Yes. Uh, Wallace is, was he a degree from uh, in drama? Yeah. From community college. And uh, Kristen says, so does my gardener. (laughs) Wait, I mean, I'm giving her too much emotion. So does my gardener. So does my gardener. And he gets bigger commish. Commish. Um, Kristen then reveals the next part in her murder mystery, because we didn't know already, is when the power goes out. Bitch, the power's already out, hun. It's been out since they fucking got there. Don't even. I genuinely <laughs> thought that the lights were off. And I swear candles were on the go. And it's kind of... The thing is, from the get-go of this scene at night, it's... I thought the lights were off. I thought that was a deliberate thing that yeah. they were doing. Um, so it was dark. Yeah. It, it was dark. It wasn't like the main hall lights were on or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Blackpool Illuminations. <laughs> So, spoiler alert, later in the film, the lights are actually cut, Mm -hmm. and then it's pitch black, and if you're a regular listener to this podcast, (laughs) you know how I fucking hate when films are too, it's too realistic, (laughs) it's, you know, there's a certain thing in film where I'm like, do you know what, I can suspend my belief a little bit. If it allows me to fucking see what I'm watching. Why am I having a flashback to the mutilator when we had the opposite problem? I don't know if it's because of the slasher film in the dark, but actually immediately reminded me of the mutilator when they're playing hide and seek in the dark. Yeah. And it's the most brightly lit room you can see. And she's feeling around acting like she can't see a fucking thing. There was. They were pretending it was pitch black, (laughs) but someone had just put like a fucking fro over the... uh... (laughs) over the window it was like clearly filmed during the day but th- this is the opposite yeah and it really annoys me because i'm just it, it I'd, I'd like to see what's going on you've gone to all this effort you're paying these actors to act you're paying you've paid someone to put these props together well maybe and someone gets <laughs> murdered and it's pitch fucking black and you're like what what's that well judging from the special effects earlier in the film he's probably doing the film a favour yeah I suppose so um but yeah no it is really dark um Kristen who is a genius and plans everything out uh, as the ultimate party planner um doesn't notice that the power's actually been cut you know you'd think that'd be one of the first things she notices uh yeah but um, she says the next part is where the power goes out and Julie and Patrick get killed. Uh, Wallace goes off on his own and uh, says, 
hey, don't go playing any pranks on me. I'm just here to act. Sure, Jan. I don't fucking think so, darling. I don't think so. Um, Wallace is, is is an absolute waste of time having him in this film. Wallace finds Cosmo's He's corpse. He's the biggest waste of time, though. This, <laughs> this is where... I suppose Wallace was important because the killer takes his place. And Halloween Resurrection copied this a year later, so... Uh, <laughs> Wallace finds Cosmo's corpse in the shower and thinks it's part of the game, but the killer stabs Wallace... And with some of the worst filmmaking in the film, lighting aside, the editing in the scene is a fucking crime. As soon as the knife goes anywhere near um, Wallace, the camera cuts away so fast, but it doesn't blend into the next scene. Like, the soundtrack cuts with it, Mm. and it is so jarring and so fucking cheap looking. To the point you, you can't forgive shit like that, that's just really lazy. Did you enjoy the question um, Wallace asked the killer? What did he say? Who are you, my understudy? Yeah. <laughs> Angela goes back to the house and is fuming that Doug hasn't gone to get help. She doesn't understand why everyone's split up. Steve gives us a bit of uh, Julie's iPad from the Hanforth Parish Council <laughs> and his phone rings and I'll he answers it. Awful. And he answers the fucking phone. He does. Like, oh, sorry, I'm in a meeting right now. I'm going to call you back. And it's not even that what? far from that. It's something along those lines. Like, hey, yeah, I told you to stop calling me. I'll call you back soon. It reminded me, you know, in Battle Royale mm-hmm. when um, Takeshi Kintano's character... Is dead. Yeah. Like, they've shot him, like, multiple <laughs> times. And then his phone rings, and he answers, and his wife having a go on the phone. For some reason, it reminded me. Maybe they're referencing that. It wasn't Maybe. that far removed from oh, <laughs> Well, they've referenced every single film that Ever was made, made from 1996 to 2000. Earlier, April Fool's Day, Sleep oh, Week. Yeah, hell. this is... Going back, like, they actually referenced the first film ever made in a small shot later on. You look carefully. I love, I love the reference to Shakespeare in Love. It was fabulous. Um, Angela, yeah, so she's, she's back at the house. Steve's phone rings, he answers it. And she's like, okay, what the fuck is going on, you fucking idiot? And Brett gives Angela some exposition. No, he doesn't. Doug gives... Is Brett there as well? Yeah, Brett was there. Um, all the guys merge into one. Uh, in this oh my film. god, they all look the same. I have to say, they all look the same. There's no, <laughs> no diversity in this cast at all. Two of them are blonde. Yeah, Brett, Brett, one of the blonde guys gives but Angela. Every man has like a six pack. Yeah, I've got. It's David and a two thousand and one haircut. Yeah. Uh, Brett gives Angela some exposition about how Kristen has set up a murder mystery weekend for them because she thinks she can make a fortune out of this. Honestly, this is like previously on Final Scream. Every ten minutes, oh, like dang. Angela, you've been invited to a party that Kristen has set up as a murder mystery. Kristen has set up a murder mystery. Kristen has now set up a murder mystery. Yeah, we fucking know. But doesn't he describe it as a murder mystery for the cool kids? Yeah, and I, I've got it written here. I was like, they're all post college. Like, why are they talking like that? But also because she thinks she can make a fortune out of this. I know. Yeah. And Doug's like, ah, never fortune. <laughs> so yes just so we know she's rich but also like s- spoiler alert turns out she doesn't <laughs> no. and it's just all a ruse to murder people 
them and they are really dumb these friends <laughs> like, they just go along with anything and then they're like yeah she's gonna make millions off this <laughs> like why are you not questioning because she certainly isn't gonna be making millions from it i mean what was a business pitch to them like okay so murder mystery weekend Imagine you're on The Fucking Apprentice. But if it's a, it's like, oh, this is the tester. So you and, uh, uh, like, Angela and um, Charlie are the test subjects. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not how murder mysteries work. <laughs> Everyone needs to know it's a murder mystery or they're just going to phone the police. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so they decide to keep Steve on the floor to make it look like Angela hasn't found out. Um... <laughs> Bud is still alive. Yeah, Bud's in this film, by the way. Oh, my God. He must have been hanging around that fucking farm for hours. Because it was still light time when him and his yeah. friends were hanging around. Now, this is... Bud, that Nightmare on Elm Street reference. Who was going to completely <laughs> ruin the party. Who was going to get his revenge. Yeah. Who I thought was going to be integral to the plot yeah. of this movie. <laughs> and he's not. No, so uh, come on, give this give me a Nightmare on Elm Street reference. We all we all remember Johnny Depp's uh, iconic "Kitty Kitty Chow Chow Chow" in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> well, in this film, it's here, Kitty Kitty, here, Super Bitch. Here's super Bitch. <laughs> Which I was, is he trying to call out Kristen? Yeah, no, his whole thing is because he hates Kristen. Yeah, that's like the only reason he's there. So he's there, he's there to ruin the party, he's going to ruin it for everyone, he might be the catalyst that saves Angela and Charlie from a certain fate. Oh no way, he's killed. No, he's gutted. Um, literally. Literally gutted. Um, and when he's gutted and on the ground, he says, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> so the kid's like, fuck, and then just stabs him in the back. So Bert, Cosmo and Earl... All dead. What was the point? <laughs> what was the point? Someone needed to say, <laughs> kitty kitty, here's super bitch. <laughs> like, really, it's just extra for the body count, yeah. clearly. And I know that's a slasher film staple. But in terms of who the killer is revealed to be, as well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, oh, why was, how was she there in the woods? during the day <laughs> like if her plan was just to kill people at night time mm-hmm. during this murder mystery why was she dressed up in the woods yeah. earlier on I should have dug during that time to dug that question where the fuck she went yeah. like dressed up like that <laughs> um, uh, wait no wait 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 no it was the limo well the limo, the limo. yeah yeah the limo the limo um, Angela grills Doug on helping Kristen. Uh, he tells her she wouldn't understand what she has over him. And they refer to a past relationship that they had. Dun, dun, dun. The killer shows up and kills Steve for real with a knife to the back. Oh no. Angela tells Doug how the nightmares have been messing up his job and his cock. <laughs> it's true. Um, I mean, why are you telling Doug this? <laughs> Well, it's this is where I'm a little confused because I don't know how much Angela knows or doesn't know about Charlie and his past. Well, she doesn't know about him and Doug. No. Spoiler alert. Sorry, sorry. No, I meant in terms of his parents. Oh, no, she knows that. Yeah, she reveals at the end. 
She she reveals at the end that she knew. But she acts also acts later on as if she never knew, and it's a big revelation. Yeah, that's on purpose. But then Angela... So, this is the confusing part, because Angela tells Doug about Charlie's current issues, mm-hmm. including Between the Sheets. Yeah. Doug acts as if he doesn't know Charlie isn't sound of mind. Mm-hmm. But surely that's the key to Kristen's plan, is that Charlie already isn't sound of mind. Yeah, so... So Doug must have known that, but is acting surprised. Yeah, because Doug and Kristen and all of those, they... Aren't to know. Yeah, their plan was to not let Fuck Angela know that they knew. Talk about convoluted. Yeah. Um, this is the film that inspired Knives Out, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, Julie and Gay Patrick start making out when Brett shows up to scare them. Does he? Yeah. Oh. Then leaves straight away. I've just got the blonde couple chat shirt. (laughs) And then they continue having one of the most uncomfortable kisses I've ever seen in any fucking film. Do they? Yeah. Where are they? By the hot tub. Oh, Okay. Angela and Doug go back to Steve's... Co- yeah, they were by a hot tub, weren't they? Oh, uh, yeah. Why the I fuck has the so. farm got a hot tub? Well, you never know. Angela and Doug go back to Steve's corpse and thinking he's just doing a really good job of playing dead, they leave him there. Um, Julie and Patrick spot the killer going into the house so they're going after him. Julie um, starts stripping Patrick and decides that they are going to lock the doors and windows and do whatever they like. Yeah, she's had enough of this. She's sick of playing games. This is the most homoerotic straight sex scene I've seen. Uh, It doesn't evolve into a sex scene, but, you know, foreplay, should we say. Um, Because, yeah, and it's it's pointed out by the character. uh, Patrick tells Julie to go outside and tell them they need a 15-minute break means she's still dressed. And yet she stays dressed. Yeah. It's just him in his tight underwear. So, yeah, so she goes out to call a timeout or whatever on the game. And uh, she's stabbed uh, in a very... Um, t- Tatum? Yeah. From Screen Moment. Where she's like, oh, are you going to kill me? Don't get blood on my dress. <laughs> um, and then she's killed for realsies. Yeah. Patrick's watching out the window. <laughs> He's, um, he's, unlike the viewers, he's impressed by the acting <laughs> on display. Yeah, he, he's like, oh, wow, that looks so real. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, oh, I hope you take a shower after that. Oh, there's a lot of blood. Oh. Um, and too, it wasn't even, like, too much blood. Oh, man, too much blood. And, and the funny thing is, you know, we could just see him at the window from shoulders up, but no, we, we, we see the whole package. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not for long, because then he's killed. Uh, yeah. On the bed. Uh, he gets quite gory death. Yeah, he does, actually. Uh, by that, I mean someone was clearly put on the bed, squirting ketchup up at him. Yeah. The blood is very clearly fake. <laughs> I don't know where... They, they must have went to a joke shop for all the special effects in this film. Probably. Probably. If you've got four days to make a film... Uh, Brett finds Kristen and tells, and she tells him how Charlie screwed her over a while back and her plan is her way of getting back at him. We know! We fucking know! Previously on Final Scream. 
I just got through so much in my notes that Kristen is bitchy again. They discuss Kristen <laughs> being bitchy. They, you know, the plan is spoken of. They elaborate on the plan. The plan. Oh my god. But that's it, she just repeats the plan over and over again. Um. Yeah, so then Brett goes off on his own. Uh, and he comes face to face with what he thinks is the killer in the barn. But he pulls off the mask to reveal a baghead mannequin. I thought it was a scarecrow. I thought it was a sack. Because the arms Oh, I suppose that out. would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, but then the real killer stabs Brett to death on his way out of the barn. Poor Brett. Yeah. No. Do we like Brett? <laughs> no, oh, I just... Who the uh, fuck cares? They're all the same. <laughs> Angela and Doug find Charlie... Uh, in the basement. In the basement. <laughs> yeah, for some and reason. It's big discussion, and it all comes out about his parents being killed. He says a few years ago. Yeah, a few years ago, and then says he spent years in therapy. Now, they said 1995. That's a little more than a few years ago. In his flashback, he looks very young. Yeah. So how old is he meant to be? I don't know how he's meant to be. (laughs) I mean, in the flashback, he looks about 10, 11... Which would make mean he's what seventeen? <laughs> oh my god! He, they probably think he's going to be seventeen. He's not seventeen. <laughs> no offense. Even in all post college, so that puts them at least in their early twenties. Yes, I think. Well, just because we haven't already had enough of this previously on final screen, <laughs> Doug explains that Kristen knew about Charlie witnessing his parents being murdered and how she was hoping Charlie would come to the murder mystery weekend, flip out and distance himself from Angela. We're not stupid. <laughs> Angela is fuming. <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> Absolutely fuming. I didn't get it down, did you? So she tells Doug to take Charlie home. Um, and I, do you know what? I again, I really want to give credit for the the gender swapping in this film. Like this yeah. is this is absolutely like a, a male thing to do. Like get you know get the girl out of here. She'll be fine. But she is absolutely taking charge now. Still no energy in the performance. But she's taking charge as final girl. And she's like, take Charlie home. And uh, Doug's like, why? And she's like, because goody two-shoes Angela might be getting... Might... What? Hang on, let me read my notes properly. Because goody two-shoes Angela might be knocking her fucking teeth out. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go on, girl. Um, and Charlie does just go... Yeah. He doesn't, you know, he's just like, yeah. Well, no, he doesn't, but he goes to go. Uh, and in the car... Yeah, big revelation. Charlie and Doug have a heart-to-heart, and it's revealed that they were an item yeah. in the past. And that Kristen knows about it, and that's the information she's threatening to blackmail Doug with. Yeah, and do you know what? 2001? Absolutely believable. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's um, yeah, a sign of the times that that would just be a great uh, in, uh, embarrassment to his yeah. family. Like, this triggered, the film triggered did the same thing like two years ago uh, now, and it really pissed me off because they did it in 2020, where that's just, you know, ridiculous. But that was slightly different. Yeah. It, that was um, in terms of that was a plot device used yeah. to get everyone together. And this really selfish guy uh, put all his friends up to be murdered, legitimately mm-hmm. really murdered. 
Um, just because it may be revealed that he was bisexual. Yeah, like, but I mean, may... what made me think of that is because um, of how the reveal of this this scene feels like it's done in a plot twist kind of way. Yeah. But in 2001... That I mean, some of that just won't phase me because it's like, yeah, well, no, there's actually a bribe that probably would have been done in 2001. Yeah, and it's also, it's very much in keeping with the melodrama of oh, the yeah, film. Yeah. And very much the, uh, um, like, soap opera nature. Yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, scandal. Ooh, what a, you know, what a reveal. Um, and I definitely get in those vibes yeah. from the film. But go on, David Dakota, for including this. Yeah, props to you, you know? It's... Yeah, it's... All the guys look the same. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not what diverse, but a little bit of queer representation yeah. in a horror film. Don't get it often. I mean, it's not the most positive. No, but... I mean, he, he murders him soon. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. That's what it's like being in a gay relationship. <laughs> Chris has probably already got it planned for me. <laughs> okay. Mm. Oh, oh, okay. That's <laughs> why we watch all these films. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the big secret's revealed. Um, and uh, Doug suggests the solution is that he and Charlie bring Angela along for the ride. Well, all right, fucking yeah. hell. Um Charlie isn't up for it and goes to try and speak with Kristen to get his change of mind about the whole thing. Yes. Angela finds Patrick's body. As she's uh, looking for him, she's like, Kristen, your little game is over. Come out, bitch. I'm ready to play it your way. <laughs> so she does. So she finds Patrick's body but believes it to be part of the gag. Um, Doug then calls Patrick... Because he's always good for a drink. Which, so maybe you're right about <laughs> I told you, I fucking knew it. He's always good for a drink. Mm-hmm. But um, Doug is strangled from the back seat of the car. Absolute Halloween ripoff to the extreme. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but you're not getting yeah. that? Telebrae? Telebrae, maybe, but I mean, the way the mask is shot in that scene, yeah, that's it's absolutely true. giving Michael that Myers. true. Um, I love how we're just forcing these references. <laughs> Again, reminder, I still gave this a free on IMDb. Still, just, and, and also, it's not a good film. This isn't gospel either. Just because we think something is potentially or reminds us of another film doesn't mean that the writer and director have watched all these films and are just stealing from them. No, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he had. It really wouldn't. And I hope this is all intentional. But yeah, this could actually be us just making shit up. Yeah, there's blatant stuff that's taken from Scream or it is a rip-off. And I don't want to say rip-off because it is... But it is. It is. A rip-off <laughs> of Scream and those sort of teen <laughs> films. I think when we sat here and we were like, oh, this reminds me of, you know, Spartacus or Santa Sangre or whatever... I'd maybe potentially weird just you know, watched a lot of films. Yeah, this is more Santa's summer house than Santa Sangre. Yeah. Um Yeah, so Angela goes to speak to Patrick's corpse whilst Doug tries calling him. The killer's uh yep, yeah, we've been past that part. Angela picks up the phone and hears Doug being killed 
Okay, no, that's absolutely Halloween. This is absolutely Halloween. Oh, of course it's Halloween. Yeah. Um, Hearing someone being killed on yeah. the phone, of course. Um, the killer starts chasing Angela whilst the soundtrack starts playing firework noises. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. Yeah, there's like random firework noises in the soundtrack as if it wasn't explosive enough. <laughs> oh. I'm sure it wasn't just the dry thunderstorm. It- do you know, it may have just been someone in the area letting off fireworks oh, and probably. and they just forgot to cut it out. Uh, Angela hides in the barn where she finds Brett's corpse before the killer finds her and she knocks him out with a plank of wood. And her and this plank of wood, they really put up a fight. They do, good for her. Um, She's like Moses like in the uh, episode where he saves the world with a plank of wood with a nail in it. Do you remember? Well, Treehouse of Horror episode. Maybe that's what they're referencing. Maybe. <laughs> the killer starts chasing her again as she hides and this time she hits the killer on the back with the plank of wood and knocks him over a uh, one of those archway things that you get at weddings. What are they called? It's a gazebo. Like a little, it's a gazebo. Of course, it's, it's a, gazebo. a gazebo. Isn't yeah. It? Well, it's well, not that's what a, a gazebo. To the sound of music. It's not what a gazebo looks like in the UK. No, but I think they call them a gazebo yeah. in America and wherever else. It's a reference to the sound of music. It's a reference okay. to the sound of music. Absolutely. <laughs> um, she runs away and finds Charlie. She tells him that someone's actually killing people. I was convinced at this point. Okay, no, it's absolutely Charlie. It's it's him. 100% him. Um, but Kristen finds well, them both. There's not many people to choose from, is there? No, I mean, it was always going to be one point. of the two. Um, Kristen finds them and starts accusing Charlie of being the killer. So he stabs Angela in the stomach with his flick knife. Yeah, it's. I don't know how this sort of plays out. So he's, he's going to sort of grab Kristen yeah. and accidentally stabs Angela in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kristen congratulates him and explains her plan to set up the murder mystery weekend. Oh my God. Previously on Final Scream. So I plan to set up a murder mystery weekend to set off your psychotic ways. Friday the 13th is my shit. It's the perfect crime and you're my perfect patsy. <laughs> Which I'm not really familiar with that word. <laughs> patsy? I almost feel like she actually meant Betsy. As in Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer. I, I, I feel like she just got it wrong. It is a word, <laughs> and it's very American. We should probably bring it over, like, um, elephant, elephant in the room. In the roof. Um, but it's, I think it's a very American thing to say. I'm not really sure what it means. Um, I kind of understand. But when she said Patsy, I was like... <laughs> Patsy Kenseth? Like, yeah. <laughs> Former star of the uh, podcast. <laughs> well, I was thinking absolutely fabulous. I genuinely think she was meant to say Betsy Power. No. <laughs> but she does say, I love horror films. <laughs> Who can say they got to play out Friday the 13th in real life and get away with it? Um, True. So, Charlie says, you bitch, you killed your friends. And she says, what friends? A bunch of losers who kiss my ass around my cocaine drain. What the fuck is a cocaine drain? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <Bum-o>. <laughs> cocaine drain. I want to see a spin-off where Kristen sets up. She's a party planner, and explains what a fucking cocaine drain is. Cocaine <laughs> drain. It'll probably end up with people doing cocaine off a bummer. Maybe. <laughs> 
Well, but, while she's chatting absolute <laughs> fucking shit about a cocaine dream, <laughs> Ninja Angela, it, it's revealed that she wasn't stabbed at all and miraculously snuck away without being seen, even though she was right in fucking front of Kristen the whole fucking time. I, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Um, yeah, it turns out the knife was fake. Angela disappears, and when Kristen looks away, she comes out of nowhere to stab Kristen. They And that's the final stab. It is. Um, they provide some of the worst line delivery of the film when they discuss how they're going to get away with it, Charlie and her. Charlie reveals he was following Kristen around all night watching her kill her friends. Angela can't understand. Now, now get this, right? Angela can't understand how Kristen got from Doug's car to her within three seconds when she started chasing her. No one can move that fast. She also says how they never found who killed Charlie's parents. And to end the film, Charlie says, no, they didn't. Okay. And then he turns to the camera, like Michael Jackson from Thriller. His eyes <laughs> turn bright and he's, Vincent Price starts laughing. Okay. Angela can't understand how Kristen got from one place to the other within three seconds because humans can't move that fast. Bitch, how the fuck did you move out of her way I know. that fast without her seeing you? <laughs> how do you explain that? Nightcrawler, <laughs> teleporter. Also, when did they have the time to plan all of this out? Like, Charlie was missing for a big portion of the film until she found out the twist. Yeah. When did they have the time to plan this out? Exactly. <laughs> and, and just... And then the whole... So Charlie must have killed Doug. That's what they're referring to. Yeah. That Charlie must have been the one that killed Doug. Uh-huh. Um, but... It, it's very confusing. And maybe his parents. And maybe his parents... But it is revealed that Kristen killed everybody else. Yeah. And, but at what point did Angela and Charlie know what was going on and it was Kristen? Yeah. Or is this just at the end when it's revealed that it's Kristen? It, it's it's lazy writing. That's what it is. <laughs> because because they, they must have been in on it together at they some were, yeah. point to plan out... The fake stabbing. But they weren't together alone long enough to plan this out. And when Charlie says that he was watching Kristen all night, mm. he watches her kill Earl. Yeah. Which was fairly early on. Uh-huh. Really. Yeah. Um, so, did he suspect that she was... No, it could have been Earl. Earl was the first to die. Charlie hadn't even arrived then. I think it was um, Budget Buffy. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, well, he watched... No, he watched... No, he watched... Oh, Hercule it was Earl. the other one. No, not Earl. It was Bud. Bud. Oh. Oh, he was Bud, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely lazy yeah, writing. It's... <laughs> and bad filmmaking. But that's Final Scream. And you know Final what? Scream. Bad, but not terrible. And I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah, it's... Um, it's a camp old time. It's melodramatic. It's silly. It's good for a laugh. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, if yeah. you like this podcast, you will like this film. Yes, pretty yeah. much. Um, and like I'm not sure what that says about us. If you can watch it for free, YouTube, I would 
recommend doing that. I'm sorry. David Coates absolutely getting no money for this film. I don't it? think so. Or if it's 50p in the bucket or a pound. <laughs> you give it a pound um, and you'll have a, a good time for an hour and 20 minutes. Yes, uh, but also you can go see Scream <laughs> in cinemas this Friday. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so let us know if you're a fan of this film on social media. We're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm Gaz 92 on Letterboxd. Gazmo205 on Instagram and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker 823 on Instagram, Twitter and Letterboxd. And rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like and follow on everything else. Uh, give us a rating on Spotify. That would be lovely. And speaking of which, we've hit 5,000 uh, official downloads and streams. Yay. Um, so, again, we've said it loads and loads of times. But thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back, listening to our tangents, and trying to figure out what the fuck we're going on about. We're glad people enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Next week... <laughs> We will be <gasps> discussing the mighty trash classic that is Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex. Love it. It probably should be a milestone film, but you know what? It's it's uh, the start of 2022. Why not start the year with a classic? Yeah, um, absolute beauty. And so far we've had fun trash, so we might as well continue. Yes, yeah, cannot wait. So yes, we will see you same time, same place next week. Bye.